The Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. All right, people, welcome back to the Black Male Archives. I am your host, Rodney Freeman. I have with me my friend, Clarence Sermons. Sir, how are you doing today? Very well. It's an honor and a privilege to be here. <laughs> man, well, thank you for being on the archives, man, the podcast. And I just wanted to to let the, the, the viewers know who you are. I mean, we have a, a, a pleasure of working together in another capacity, but I, I feel like you are definitely one um, on the on the come up, uh, as they would say. And you you really have, uh, I feel like, that experience that people need to know about in government and what you're doing. So we just want the viewers to know a little bit of, uh, about you and your background working with government and community development, what that all entails. So where are you from? Okay. I am from Florida. I'm from Florida. I work right now in the city of Riviera Beach, but I was born about less, a little less than an hour north of here in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, but I grew up more or less, or at least finished high school about 40 minutes south of here in Boynton Beach. Um, so I'm a, a native Floridian and um, you know, I hopped around the state um, during uh, my upbringing, but back here at Riviera and Palm Beach County. Man, man, how was it growing up in Florida? You know, how how was it? Man, Florida is a great place. And and I, I don't know, I guess because of my personality, maybe by the time I finished college, I also went to college here in, in Florida. Um, I, you know, I wanted to see some other states. I, I went to grad school in Virginia. And when I finished grad school, I spent seven years in Texas in the Houston area. Okay. Um, uh, and, and Houston was great. It was good to um, me and my wife. But, um, you know, it, when time came for us to look to other opportunities, it, for me, it was like either we find it here or we go back to Florida because yes. <laughs> I've seen enough to know that, you know, I love my home state. It's beautiful here. The climate is uh, great. Um, I've lived in North Florida in the Pensacola area as well as down here in Palm Beach. Yeah. Um, and Either way, you you don't get four seasons like you do in some of the other parts of the country. It's kind of like either really hot or like almost hot. Um, but um, it's a beautiful place. Great people. Uh, the weather um, is, is second to none, in my opinion. Now, now, how how did you tell us a little bit about your career path and what led you to working working in government? And, you know, did you have did you have family members who worked in government and that inspired you? Or how did you get into government? Um. At what point did I know I was going to be in government? Um, so my my professional interest started with with just my um, my love of architecture and kind of the built environment. I was a kid always playing with Legos, Lincoln Logs, Connects, 3D puzzles. Um, I was on the floor in my room building that kind of stuff, and and that was fun. I didn't I didn't need friends. I didn't need to go out and play. I'm just building stuff in my room. Um, and so the the career field for architecture made sense for me. Um, so I went to uh, Florida A&M University studying architecture. And I think my interest at some point kind of um, swerved into the, the broader built environment. You know, architects, they look at one individual building and uh, urban planners look at the broader uh, neighborhood, community, city or region. Mm -hmm. And so my interest kind of led me into urban planning. I went to grad school to study that and the type of work that I wanted to do just led me to government. So you have private sector urban planners who kind of 
they got hired on by a client, a, a big land developer or, or a city to kind of do some re research for them. And then they're on to the next project or the next client. Mm -hmm. uh, well, my interest in urban planning is to use the um, components of it and tools of it to make better places, to make better cities. Mm -hmm. And the only way to really uh, have the long term impact and, and urban planning um, plans, they're, they're the long range. You're, you're 10, 20 years plus when you're talking about the potential of redevelopment in, mm -hmm. in places. So um, to, to really see that unfold, you, you really have to get on the government side um, in most cases. And, and that's kind of what led me here. Um, and I, I started with the uh, city of Houston, Texas, right out of school. Um, I did some work at one of the universities as kind of a, a, a campus planner there. And then um, the city of Pearland, Texas, right outside of Houston and to where I am now in Riviera Beach. Man, I have not met that many black males who who were black men who are in urban planning. How how is the field? Has are there a lot of black men in this field in this in this urban planning field? No, no. Um, I, I would I can't say that I've met uh, too many. Um, I, I intentionally network um, in in various spheres, but especially in the black community. So I kind of find my way to meeting people in my field, but just in my day-to-day -day work and meeting with planners in the neighboring municipality or this meeting of the regional planning. No, I don't run across um, a lot of African-American males um, in the urban planning sphere, but we are here though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How, how has it been your experience being, you know, by not being that many black males in the field, um, your mentors, have you, have, had you had a lot of mentors that looked like you or how did you reach out to pull in people to, to mentor you? How did that go? It can be difficult. I was able to, um, back in Houston, I was able to find a, um, a black woman um, who was very accomplished in the um, in the planning and more specifically the transportation planning mm -hmm. uh, sector in that region. And um, she was able to give me a lot of insight and, and advice and provide that mentorship to me. Um, but um, I, I I believe you're never uh, too old for a mentor. And so mm -hmm. I'm still looking for my next one now that I'm not in the Houston area. But I, and I think yeah. it's difficult. I reached out to and coming here and believing in the power of networking. Um, you know, I use LinkedIn and I reached out to just about everyone um, that I could find that had a profile that was kind of um, uh, at, at a higher level of um, urban planning um, in the government sector in, in this region. And I got very few almost no responses. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, that's something I think is important. So I'm still working to get there and establish, you know, kind of that mentorship where I am currently, not that I couldn't reach out to, you know, people uh, in, in my previous uh, region that I worked in, but mm -hmm. it, it can be difficult. And, and um, often um, people may not understand the the nuance of issues that um, you as a as a, a, a black person in, in the field may experience in the, the lens that you have to look through things, especially mm -hmm. when you're dealing with a predominantly black community like here in Riviera Beach is it's important mm -hmm. to, you know, uh, establish yourself with people who, who can um, understand and empathize with that and, and, you know, provide some mentorship. And um, I'm sure I'll get there. Um, mm -hmm. I've been here less than a year. I haven't found, um, you know, that kind of network here yet, but I'm sure it'll come. Man, so so with urban planning, right? You know, you know that you you're planning. So, are you in you're in charge? Then I guess give give us like a rundown about. 
I guess what your your day would look like. Are you in charge of the new development that's coming into town? So you get to say, you know, yes, Amazon is coming or Amazon is not coming. I'm just throwing. <laughs> that's <laughs> but, a secret. See, now we have to end. Like, tell tell the listeners what urban planning looks like. Your your day to day and what you know. Uh, you okay, more, I'll I'll speak more generally to urban planning and then more so specifically to my position here in the city of Riviera Beach. But um, so urban planning deals with figuring out the really the the best use or the stewardship of the resource that's land. And there's a lot of uh, components to that, but a a lot of it is determining um, the zoning. What's the best use, the highest and best use, you know, what any good, um, you know, land developer uh, would be very familiar with the the economics of what's the highest and best use of of this land. And when you have a city, um, you have a finite resource, which is land. So you don't want it to develop in the way in a way that is unsustainable um, or, or in a way that won't create a good quality of life for residents uh, in uh, in your your locality, municipality or, or what have you. So an urban planner is, is providing guidance to those city officials and those leaders and those city councils or board members as to uh, what the long range goals and plans should be guiding those conversations. And once a a plan is established, um, making sure that any proposed development is following it and and comparing whatever they submit or propose to um, any ordinances or laws that are, are on the books. So that that's that's what um, especially the local government urban planner does mm-hmm. um, in private sector. You can you know be a consultant, develop plans, and you can get really specific in the types of long range planning that cities uh, might want to do. Or you could design you know um, lifestyle districts you know somewhere in like Brickell and and uh, South Beach. A lot of these these places that um, attract a lot of people, they don't develop that way by accident. A lot of times there's a lot of um, thought in the architecture, style, building height, the mix of uses and things like that, um, that go into developing and creating these uh, places and um, urban planners are often behind that. As far as me specifically, I'm over a department called Development Services. I'm the director. Um, we have uh, four divisions. One of them is buildings and, and inspections, where your building official um, views permits and make sure they meet building codes. We have the planning division. That's where the traditional urban planners look at zoning applications and, and other types of, um, of plans to make sure they meet the, the city's land development goals and, and codes. Um, we have the uh, code compliance division. Uh, that looks into property maintenance. Once something is constructed and, and established, just making sure people aren't allowed their properties to um, um, become blighted and, and they're um, maintaining a minimum standard uh, of, of quality for those properties. And then I have my operations division that just tries to keep track of the uh, immense amount of applications that come in and go out of our department on any given month. So, yeah, man, you got it, man. You got a lot. <laughs> I will say that, um, but I, I I do enjoy the field that I work in. So I, yeah, less in that sense. Well, since you since you said that, you know why why are you so passionate about this field that you work in? What what I mean, where does that come from? Uh, um, I, when it comes to professions, I, I think the passion comes out of doing something that you feel like 
you know, one you're good at, but also makes an, and at least has the potential to make an impact and, and, mm -hmm. and help someone else. And when having the opportunity to work for a predominantly minority city, I saw a huge potential um, to to use my knowledge of urban planning, the tools of, of land development to have an impact on a, a community that's often uh, underserved um, mm -hmm. and, and uh, doesn't have um, it doesn't is looked over. Doesn't have the right leadership to get it to where it could be. Um, so I'm passionate because I, I see the potential for impact, and and that that drives me. Even though the day to day, grueling grind of the job is definitely draining. Um, if, if you're going to be drained, do it for you know a good person. If you have that opportunity, and I'm blessed to have that opportunity, and, and that's why I enjoy um, having this job. And you know, you you touched on that. You know. Um, about working for a um, uh, mostly um, African American city, which there's not that many um, majority minority cities. Um, so, to, so to work um, for for this city is, I, I feel like it is a is a privilege. Um, where do you want? What would you um, um, say the impact that you want to leave? Um, on um, the the position that you're in right now, working for uh, African American city, what would you like to see uh, down the road uh, in ten years? Um, to say it as plainly as possible, I, I would want the city to be in a better place than it was when I came here. Mm -hmm. And um, from and and I think and I'm I'm in a position that has a, a lot of potential sway. I, I I I would say as a staff member, you have limited authority. You're not a lawmaker, but um, there's considerable, um, you know, uh, sway or influence that can come from my position. So if I can use that influence to make sure the city's in a better place than when I came in, that would be excellent. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of land development, uh, Riviera Beach is sandwiched between um, some premier municipalities in Palm Beach County, and it, it's been skipped over for development for multiple reasons, mm -hmm. uh, but it's been skipped over. And land is one of those, um, you know, those assets that, that, you know, they're not making more of. So mm -hmm. at some point that those development pressures around our borders have to spill over mm -hmm. and, and then development is going to come here. So being here during this time when that spillover is beginning, um, just making sure that it's done right and that our citizens aren't taken advantage of um, by those who, you know, want to make a profit and leave and that we have a sense of place and a sense of community that we're proud of afterwards is important to me. So if that's the effects um, after my tenure here is over, I, I would um, I would be very proud of that. Yeah, man. How how would you, what would you say for other people who are uh, aspiring to be in um in a role like yours, uh, working for government, working for uh, community development, urban planning, what would you suggest that they do? And, you know, especially black men who want to be in this position too. Um, and to this particular position I'm in, um, we, we have to get more people aware of the types of jobs and roles that are out there. And I, for one, didn't know what an urban until I was halfway through college, but just mm -hmm. getting the word out there to just um, um, young men in middle school, you know, saying that there are a lot of jobs that can be done out there, um, you know, and, and working for the city isn't about just being a, you know, policeman or a firefighter. There's a lot of jobs and, and skill that it takes to, um, to, to make a city happen. So getting the word out there about urban planning jobs, 
um, is uh, you do have to you do have to go to college to get the credentials needed to um, to excel in, in urban planning. Most of us started in architecture and went into urban planning, but some get um, bachelor's degrees in, in things like geography, um, ar uh, architecture, landscape architecture, things like that. And then they'll go to grad school to get uh, a master's in urban planning. And for the most part, it's a master's level degree. There's a couple bachelor's programs, but for the most part, you'll be expected to get a master's. Um, it's also very important to just read as much as possible to learn um, the the history of how our country has developed and why our cities look the way they do here in the U.S. versus how they look in places like Europe and Asia. Um, our urban patterns are a lot different in many places, and there's reasons for that. So understanding why our, our cities look the way they do, the way they operate, the way they do. Um, urban I love urban planning because it requires you to understand all of the fundamental components of our society and how they come together to create our cities. So not only do you have to understand the architecture and the physical environment, the roads and, and, and bridges, but you have to understand the economics behind them and, and what the limitations the limitations are, are um, of the economics of these systems. You have to understand the politics um, of it and understand the limitations of city staff and what types of pressures our elected officials are under and what their interests are before they vote on, you know, a proposal you may before them and say, oh, this is going to be great for the city and they vote it down and you don't, don't understand why because you don't understand the political interests that they're dealing with and, and you can't be influential to them if you don't understand those pressures and communicate um, in, in the ways that they understand or bring up the points that are important to them. So it's a lot of things that come into um, urban planning and, and making cities work and understanding those, reading them, um, mm -hmm. keeping up on local um local news development and politics, understanding all of those things, networking with as many people in the field um, that you can, all of that will be necessary to really excel um, in this type of job. Man. Now, are you a part of any, are there any like professional organizations that go along with urban planning? Yes. The, um, the most well known and established one is the, um, the American Planning Association. Mm -hmm. um, uh, unlike uh, architects and engineers, you don't have to get a license and pass an exam to be an urban planner. Mm -hmm. So the credentials that an urban planner might have are for the most part voluntary. But, you know, especially if, if you are a black man trying to excel in this area, you want to get all the credentials you can mm -hmm. um, just to make sure, um, you know, you are, are given a, a fair shake anytime you're uh, considered uh, for any positions. Um, so the American Planning Association, the national organization um, that's most well known for this field, offers a credential called um, AICP. Mm -hmm. um, is, and it's just essentially saying you are a certified planner, but you pass the test and you maintain the credential. And um, it, it's probably the most important credential that you can get, even though it's not required. Um, it's strongly recommended if you really want to excel and um, be a, be credentialed as much as possible in this field. Okay, okay. So, where can people follow you and see what you're doing? Are you, are you <laughs> doing anything outside of uh, of this uh, uh, around urban planning, or just any other community service works that you you're doing? Are you part of any other organizations that? You uh -huh. Well. Um, for the last several years, um, I was uh, very active in the community. I, I 
love um, any opportunity I can to, you know, volunteer and, and give back. And um, so as a member of Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated, I've been uh, active with um, the local grad chapter, um, the Urban League Young Professionals is the organization I volunteered with uh, frequently and, and um, some uh, local organizations for um, for urban planning in the Houston region when I was uh, living in the area. Um, one of the reasons I did move to uh, Florida is because my wife and I started a family. So we came here to be closer to other family and, and you know, reestablish our life here. And uh, I have twin boys who are going to be one uh, next month. Congrats. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I will say they take up all the time. Yeah. So yeah. since uh, coming uh, back here to uh, South Florida about uh, 11 months ago, um, I haven't been as uh, uh, as active yeah. uh, in, in terms of extracurriculars, um, but that will come back. It, it just, you know, giving back is something I feel uh, passionate about. So I'm sure I'll get active again um, uh, in in different organizations but for now if you follow me on instagram at c sermons uh, you'll see pictures of a bunch of babies and uh, that's <laughs> all that's going on right now i work oh, man. With them, so how yeah. how's, how's it feel being a new dad man i i it's hard to describe um yeah it, it, it's a joy it's a joy it's um it changes your life because it brings a kind of joy you can't get from anywhere else, but it brings also uh, a level of just exhaustion and burden that you can't get from anywhere else either, though. Yeah. But I love it. I love the boys. I love rushing home to uh, to see them and, and try to get as much um, time with them um, as possible. But um, it's beautiful, though. Man, man, dad, get you some rest. And this is gonna, actually going to be your first Father's Day then, too, right? Actually, no. My boys were born. Um, oh, yeah, that's two yeah. weeks before father's day they okay okay June first and i think father's day was like the 17th okay uh, last year so this is going to be my second father's day okay. um you know they're, they're 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 not they're not saying dad yet but you know yeah each father's day is going to get more and more special oh yeah forward to it um and I, i'm sure you know a lot about that too you've been a father for Mm -hmm. Oh yeah! You have a book or anything out on parenthood that you want to share with the rest? I'm still, hey, I'm still getting surprised every day. Actually, like 15, 20 minutes ago, I got, I got another surprise. So it's like it's even just, more reason to write the book so the next person doesn't get surprised. Hey, hey, you know everybody's gonna have their individual surprises, but I mean, it's it, it is it's a good thing. I remember. Um, the feeling of being exhausted and, you know, uh, and my wife at that time was just like, here, take the baby, you know, exactly. I'm getting up in the morning. I'm still like half sleep and, you know, I'm yeah. driving up work and just tired. But you know what? I wouldn't trade it for the world. I mean, nope. I mean, when I look at my daughter and we talk on the phone about, you know, Roblox or her drawings and stuff like that. I love it. So. Yeah. And it does get better, though. It does. No, and I think both of us have those kind of jobs where you know, young kids don't just grow up saying, "Hey, I want to, you know, get a degree in library science." And yeah, you know, how do you get to explain what you do when they ask, "What do you do, Dad?" Because <laughs> I'm going to have the same problem with urban planning. So right. Right. You know, so for me, it's a little easier because it's like, you know, hey, I can show them the book and we can go through the book. And, you know, I definitely when I was when I was in a when I was a cataloger, I would uh, tell Myla about, you know, just this is what I do. I look at the back of the title page and I go through all the information. I put that all in the computer and stuff like that. And she was like, 
Okay, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I know what the book is because it's right in front of me, but cataloging, but you know, so it's gonna go over the head, right? Yeah. But then you know, it's funny because like a couple of years ago, uh, when she was in I think third grade or something like that, third or fourth grade, I remember her coming home and like she was in uh that library time that they have at school, and she was like, Yeah, my mm-hmm. dad's a librarian, you know. So okay. Okay. and you know, and I then I remember when I was a kid and they would talk about like airplanes, and I'll be like, Oh yeah, my dad's an engineer, you know. So I mean, just the sheer fact that they know a little bit about it, yeah, you know, and then go from there once they get older. But but man, you're gonna be doing a good thing, man. Mr. Sermons, Clarence Sermons, sir. Thank you for being on this uh podcast. I appreciate you. The blackmail archives. Me will recapture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men, which you are one of. Thank you, sir, for coming on the show. Hey, it was an honor to be here. Thanks for the invite. And I hope I get another one soon. Oh, yeah, you will. It's a good time. You will. (laughs) All right, sir. You take care. You too. Thank you. All right. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Black Male Archives podcast. Did you know that we have an archive full of positive stories about black men. Yes. Over on our website, theblackmailarchives.com, you can check out full-fledged news articles about positive black males. So please go over and check that out. Also, check out our sister platform, which is Powerful Women of Color. It's on Facebook and Instagram. You can also check out the archives that they have over at powerfulwomenofcolor.com.